Okay, welcome back all of you zombie shoppers to another episode of Spooky Movie Squad, the horror movie podcast that reviews the best and worst and everything in between in horror, one movie at a time. I'm your host, Otis, and tonight, like always, I am joined by the Spooky Movie Squad, and that squad consists of Katie. Hi. Emma. Oh, hey. And Micah. Attention shoppers, the mall will be closing very shortly. You got a pretty nice mall voice. Yeah, he does have a good mall voice. And if you hear that voice of that happy person, he's not happy. He's just fighting for his life because we let him out of the basement once again to do another episode with us. Um, I'm Joey. I'm picturing it's like a misery thing. Like, man, we had a great time, like doing, you know, doing ready or not with you. And he's like, well, I'm gonna hit the dusty trail. And then Katie like locks the door. You're like. Oh, I thought you were making a uh, Night of the Living Dead reference, where I was insistent that I wanted to be in the basement. Ooh. That's like the best place to be. Oh, that's even better. I like that. <laughs> Against your much better judgment of being out, out in the open. <laughs> I, I insisted. I must block myself in the basement. You're like, no, no, that's stupid, man. No, that's stupid. Stay up here. Stay up here. Stay up here. <laughs> but no, it is Joey from Affable Chat. We were talking about doing another episode, and it just so happened that it worked out with my good friend Guido, and I'll explain what Guido's choice is, Joey. But my buddy Guido picked the 1978 version of Dawn of the Dead. I fucked up my intro, but that's the movie we're doing tonight. And the tagline is, and it's actually a really good line, that they say multiple times in this series, when there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk the earth. Hit that music. Happy Spookies, everyone. This is episode 334 of this illustrious podcast and chapter three of Guido's Choice. So for the uninitiated and Joey, I actually don't think I explained this to you when (laughs) we were talking about doing this episode together. So in college, I met a good friend named Guido. That's what he told me when we met in marching band. He's like, my name's Guido. I was like, that's a weird name, but I'm not going to question it because my name is Otis, so I can't say anything. And so over the years, we proceeded to watch some of the best and a lot of the worst horror movies. So a lot of the movies that I've shown my friends, uh, I got put onto it because of Guido, because he loves crap. It's like his favorite thing. He's like, oh, did you watch that horror movie with the couch? Oh, it's shitty. And I'm like, oh, cool. And I write it down. So every year after the Halloween Screamathon, usually in November, we're tired and we're just trying to make it to Thanksgiving. And so I told my buddy Guido, hey, every November, how about you pick four movies? Doesn't have to have a connection. Doesn't have to have anything relating them. You pick four and we will do them. And he laughed and said, okay. So uh, we have done Cronenberg films. We have done uh, trauma films. Uh, A lot of crazy things that I didn't think of showing my friends, but uh, they got to hop on a lot of crazy series and ideas and directors because of my buddy Guido. So that's why it's called Guido's Choice. So for the uninitiated, we are doing Dawn of the Dead. Didn't you do that movie already? Yes, that was a 2004 version by Zack Snyder. Probably one of the best films that he did. 
Yeah, it's good. I, I like it. Better or worse than Sucker Punch? I like Sucker Punch a lot. I like I've Sucker never Punch. Seen it's, Sucker Punch. It's good. It's got a sad ass ending, but I like it. It's it's a weird movie, but it's really really fun. Yeah, it's it, it's it's kind of like the idea I would have. Like, you know, your life is so shitty that you just like imagine this awesome world. That's like oh, that's so sad when you think, oh man, that, their lives are so shitty <laughs> in that movie. We'll we'll watch that one day. It's good, but it's sad. So this is the second film of the of the living dead i think it's the it's george when did return come out 86 86 yes so they split off so there were multiple writers of the first one george romero got the um the uh king's share the lion's share of the credits but there was someone else that actually wrote a lot of it and they actually had debates on the path to take the the series and so one guy wanted to make the zombies indestructible, and George Romero was like, I mean, it's just an animated body. If they don't have a head, then they should fall down. He's like, no, that's stupid. They should just be, all the body parts should be independent of themselves, and it's like very disappointing and, and depressing world. And so they're like, how about you make your own movie, and I'll make mine, and then we'll just never connect. He's like, that's cool with me. So the George Romero movies, uh, there's a little bit of hope in them. But the Return of the Living Dead world, and we've done the first one, it's it's very depressing. You cannot stop those zombies. They just keep coming. And and Lord help you if you cremate a lot of them and it rains because you're just making more. It's a very sad world. <laughs> so uh, there's a trilogy. I like to think there's a trilogy. After the third one, they start getting a little goofy. But uh, we have Night, Dawn, and Day of the Dead. Now, um, my buddy Guido... He loves this movie, but I think in his little speech he gave me to read off, he says Day is actually technically his favorite. Uh, Bubs the Zombie, he is the best. Uh, he is the best one of the best heroes in this whole series. But uh, one day we will do Day of the Dead. I love that fucking movie. So once again, I keep getting off track. But Dawn of the Dead is about survivors of an outbreak who barricade themselves in a suburban shopping mall amid zombies. And looters and bad humans. Man, that sounds like Dead Rising. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of the multiple things in pop culture that have taken from this movie. Uh, nicely taken, though they did get sued. Dawn of the uh, Dead Rising, the series, got sued multiple times from uh, especially Dawn of the Dead, uh, that the family. They were like, you're just taken from this. Like, no, we love your movie. We just, you know, we took we took big ideas from it. Um sh- Sean of the Dead. Uh, that's where it got its name from. There are a couple of points of things that they took from this movie. A lot of musical cues. Um, absolutely at the beginning of Sean of the Dead, there's this really, uh, I don't think it's a theremin, but it's this weird like wavy sound that happens for a while. It is in this movie, I want to say around the point where they're trying to refuel the helicopter. And I heard it and I was like, that sounds like Sean of the Dead. I was like, that's where they got the sound. Uh, especially at the end in the mall, the... um. Sean of the Dead uses that tune and Robot Chicken. That is their outro song for all of their episodes. And I didn't know what it was when I was a kid. And I was like, oh, that's from Dawn of the Dead. It's it's a very influential movie. Like I said, uh, tons of zombie films pull from this and tons of actors. And uh, he is an actor in this movie, but the special effects special makeup effects guy, Tom Savini. This is like his first 
I would say big project that he did. He went off to do so many other things, and he was in From Dust Till Dawn. He was Sex Machine. I he's cool. He had a gun where his penis went, and he shot vampires. How can you not like that? But uh, Wait, what's that movie called? Uh, from From Dust Till Dawn. Just so Don. Oh, I've seen that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I did not remember that part of the movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sex machine. When he's the vampire is like, yeah, jumps in front of him and he, his penis gun comes out. Uh, it's pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to go around and ask everybody how they felt about the movie. So Joey, what did you think about Dawn of the dead? I thought this movie was awesome. I really, really liked it. I, um, I was on a bad movie kick here. I like, I watched a couple of movies I didn't like. And I was like, I don't like movies anymore. I don't, I don't want to watch any movies anymore. And then um, I was like, no, I'm going to watch this. I'm going to sit down. And I'm going to do it. And yeah, it's it's great. It's really, really fun. It's such a great idea. Um, I love this, the whole premise of it. I think it's so interesting. I love the, I love how George Romero is like, here's an idea for a monster, zombies. But he never focuses so much on the zombies. It's so much more about the human element. It's about all the different foibles that are inherent in humans and uh, light. Uh, was it a night of the living dead? Explores different ideas of failure, and this one explores new uh, ideas of failure. It's really really cool. Um, I love all the problem solving. I love how they try to figure everything out. At this kind of slow build up of like, are they actually going to be able to do this? And then as they're more more successful, it's very it's very satisfying. So yeah, I thought I I enjoyed it uh, throughout. What about you guys, Micah? Uh, I actually had not seen this version. Uh, yeah, no, the, the remake is one of my all time favorite movies. Um, but yeah, no, I had never actually watched this version and it is an absolute banger. And I would almost go as far to say, I like this one better than, than that one. Uh, mostly because I like the slow fact, like, like the zombies themselves, they're slow, they're dumb, but they're overwhelming in mass, which is the point. Like, I feel like too many zombie things get like they forget about that part because it's like, well, then we have to hire like 18,000 actors. And it's like, well, you chose to make a zombie movie like quit, quit trying to reinvent the zombie. It did have that that George A. Romero semi smart <laughs> zombie that he tries to do, you know, where it's like at the end, he just he automatically knows to go back to the room up the you know, up the elevator. Ah, sorry. <laughs> sorry yeah i'm jumping the shark here uh but yeah no um that is my favorite type of zombie uh, i felt like a lot of the reactions were a lot more uh realistic you know like you know they're pausing before pulling the trigger or um you know just just random moments that were just like okay that's a lot more real than you know uh the newer movies that are all about the action you know like you yeah. know walking walking dead and and the the remake of this one 28 days later it's all about you know fast zombies and action and you know oh you better be quick or else you're gonna you know you're gonna get killed and it's like you don't have to be quick with these zombies but you you, you might want to watch out because you're you're gonna you're you're gonna get overrun real quick yeah (laughs) yeah so i absolutely loved this movie emma how about you yes i loved it too i also have not seen this movie ever um i just saw the what was it 2004 i just saw that one a handful of years ago and i loved that one so yeah no i just micah's right it's the humanization of it all it did 
with the practical effects and the human reactions, it did feel very like true to life, how it would actually happen. Um, reaction wise and how people were with each other and the lull there in the middle where it kind of lulls you into a false sense of security and like things might be okay for a minute. And then, you know, I was stunned that this movie was two and a half hours long. (laughs) I did not expect that, but it worked. I was not bored. I didn't hate it. So yeah, no, this stood the test of time. It was nice. I liked it. Katie. Um, I liked most of this film. I think the beginning part was pointless. Keep going. That's fine. You, you can have your opinions. It served, it it didn't serve a purpose to the rest but the main part of the story. It was just like, oh well, here's 20 minutes of fucking chaos. And like you're meant to understand in those 20 minutes that there's zombies. Cool, but like we also knew that there were zombies at the mall like as soon as you got to the that there was already like a zombie problem you didn't need to add like here's 20 minutes of racist bullshit also i didn't didn't know that there was a movie before this so i super was unaware of all the things so like one of my seven words is about how i didn't realize anything was happening (laughs) yeah it just like i don't know it didn't tie the beginning part for me didn't tie in enough to the old movie didn't bring in enough there was no connection it was just like oh well here's racism and we're gonna talk about racism for a minute and then we're gonna skip ahead and that beginning part didn't matter and now we're at a mall and here's your three people that you need to focus on and once they got to those like three or four people like the main cast members the four people it was great their like interpersonal relationships were great them dealing with the zombies them dealing with like how they deal with the zombies and how it affects them emotionally and mentally and all the things that are going on. Great. But that beginning part, I just throw it away for me. Leave it on the cutting room floor. You didn't need it. You wasted 20 minutes. You took a two hour, a two and a half hour movie for what? Like cut it down to two hours and get rid of it. All they did was tell me that there's racists in this world. And I already knew that. (laughs) Especially, Sorry, especially if I had been alive in 1978. Like, of course I know that there's racism. I don't need more of it. Like, it's fine. <laughs> in the in the first movie of the series, do they explain the uh, uniform colors and what they mean? Because there was like oh, a moment where there were like different factions going through that apartment building and it was like blues and greens. And, and it was like, what does that even it's mean? It's really I mean? loose. Like, Night of the Living Dead is like, just like a couple like a couple of people in a graveyard and then they go to a house and then they have like a, the whole thing takes place in the house and there's a bunch of zombies outside and they like try to escape the house but like yeah there is like an element of of like race that plays a huge role like it's like i guess like uh what's the word unconsciously not unconsciously but like yeah subtly throughout night of living dead especially the ending i think oh yeah there's a huge role uh the racism plays a huge role in that part so like I feel like as a response to the to this as a response this one sort of goes that way but I agree Katie that it's not like entirely relevant so So it's it's funny when I was a kid I absolutely adored this movie I still do I love this movie out of the 3 
it is uh it's tough because there's characters from day i really like like i said bub the zombie he is one of the best characters night of living dead the main character was a hoss and like i said being a little kid watching this black guy just punch white people and just be talked to like he is a normal person it was awesome for a black and white movie it's absolutely absurd we got to see that and you know the ending the way it was it was fine uh probably it's better he didn't survive it's just it's bittersweet but with this movie i forget every time it starts there are 12 minutes in this movie where it's like yeah there are zombies there but uh let's head to this project and just see how things work out again with humans to human relations and i was like holy shit this is crazy that dude's head just exploded like a cantaloupe it just it's absurd and it just i now yes it's a bit wild but it's for its time that's sadly that's probably what be would be happening in the world and what they use that for i think is to show how fast and how slow it takes people to just break. Because the one racist guy that was like, oh man, this place is better than my place. I'm pissed. He's already cracking. And then he kills like one zombie and he's like, hell yeah. And starts shooting anybody that's not dressed like him. Doesn't matter if they're zombies or humans. He just goes bananas instantly. Uh, we see kids in the project. They kill one zombie and they're like, wow, that's too much for me. And kill themselves. And then we see, like, our main characters, like what Roger, he is a lot mentally stronger, but then we see how long it takes him to start cracking before things happen to him. It just shows, like, the levels and what people can handle in a world where you have to kill people. Um, a lot of people can say, like, oh, man, if zombies happened, oh, man, I'd do backflips off things and cut people in half. But realistically, it takes a lot to kill somebody. But on a survival level, hell yeah. Like, if me and Katie and my cat are trying to, like, find safety and some zombies in my way, hell yeah, I'm killing that zombie. But there's also a level of, love, holy shit, I just killed a person, you know? And uh, I, like I said, it's absurd up front, but these zombie films, um, I'm going to say it now, but there's always a keyword in zombie films. And in the first one, George Romero said what the keyword to the first movie is, and I think that word still works here, teamwork. Um, the zombies, they're all about teamwork. They're like, hey, I don't care what you look like, what color you are. Hey, I got some meat right here. You want to eat some? Hell yeah. Hey, that dude's moving funny. Let's go get him. And then they just wobble over together. The humans, they hate working together. Um, in small groups, it's perfect. But the second a bigger group pops up, they're like, those people are going to try to take our shit. Nah, let's kill them. And that's it, all it takes. But every version of a zombie movie or show we see that happens the same way. The bigger a group gets, the scarier it looks from the outside. And it's still, to this day, teamwork is still the big keyword in this movie. And we see a lot of lot more of it in this one compared to Night of the Living Dead. A uh, whole lot more teamwork. And it shows, like, the ups and downs of that. Because, you know, we see the four work together in the mall. And we also see the biker gang. Uh, a lot of teamwork there. <laughs> but they're a lot sloppier with their teamwork um but no i love this movie there's a lot to it and uh george Romero, he's got a cool mind and he actually said when he hired um oh damn it oh, i can't remember his name from the first one uh delete uh otis uh spice's name and you know who i'm talking about his name is dwayne jones when he got the role in the first movie uh 
George Romero didn't even think like, oh, wow, he's like the only black person in this movie. Huh. Later on, it hit him. And when people said like, oh, I love your metaphor for like racism and stuff like that. And he's like, what? He was the best actor. I just picked him. And then later it's like, oh, shit. That's wild as hell. He's fighting all those white people. Oh, shit. You know, it, it hit him later. And I don't know. I, I love this series. Uh, he's still making movies. Oh, he's he's not dead. Did he say that? Is he dead? I don't know. We talked about this last time when we did Night of the Living Dead. And I was like. That was like years ago. Though. Like he's still alive. But um, there are tons of movies. Uh, I think Diary of the Dead is the last one he made. I think that's. He died called. in 2017. Yeah. Uh, I think Diary of the Dead was the last one he did. And uh, yeah, it was like made. It went straight to DVD, I think. But, you know, there's cool things in it. He's got some great glasses. Yes, he does. <laughs> um, he, even at this point with the second film that he did, uh, he has a pull on people. Uh, spoilers, the budget is absurd. What he spent compared to what he got in this movie. There are so many zombies in this film. And I'll tell you what they got paid. And it's absolutely absurd. But there were people like, fuck you, man. I'll be a zombie. Cool. I don't have legs. Can you, can you use me? He's like, yes, I can. Uh, a lot of amputees in this movie. Uh, he's equal opportunity. He's like, I lost my arm in the war. Cool. You're going to be a zombie with your arm off. You know? Oh, he's got an arm off. And it's 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 awesome. So I will tell you what Guido had to say about this movie. Uh, for the squad, I'm sending you a picture. But my buddy Guido said... George Romero was one of my first loves. Uh, Monkey Shines. We're going to do that movie one day. Creep Show. The Crazies. Whew, man, that's some wild movies. But he is the one that started my path of zombie films. The dude put black men in solid roles at a time when that wasn't common. And Ken Forey, uh, one of the main characters in this, uh, he says, can be my baby daddy anytime. I had the Dawn of the Dead poster on my wall as a kid. Hell, the remake came out and I might have jacked the giant five-foot cardboard standee from the theater. While I love Bub the Zombie, same, from Day of the Dead, Don will always be my favorite in the trilogy. Amazing effects, great acting. There's a reason it's always near the top of lists for best horror movie. And then he sent me a picture of him from high school as proof that he loves Don of the Dead. So it's young Guido smiling in front of a poster of Don of the Dead. So, uh, yeah, this is a fun one. Uh, there's tons more fun facts, but um, we'll get into this and talk about the plot. This movie runs for 126 minutes. Uh, the Italy version is seven minutes shorter. Now, this film is unrated because it would have gotten an X rating. And X ratings, as we watch that movie called X, it is all about hardcore pornography. So... Romero, rather it be unrated than get an X rating because people are like, oh man, it's like zombies probably got their titties out in this movie. I don't want to watch that. So that's why it's, you know, it's not bad right now as watching it from 2023. I'm like, this is an unrated film. Like I've seen way worse. But back then in 78, yeah, this was mind blowing. And it actually had warnings, disclaimers on it saying like, there is no pornography. I don't think there's even any nudity in this film. Mm -hmm. But there is. There always is a little bit. Oh, yeah. One you get to, yeah. You see uh, Franny's uh, uh, boobs. Okay. Shit. Must have been quick. they looked like they had the most world's, like, most disappointing sex. Yeah, it was right after their dinner. They, like, they're supposed to standing, like, staring into the middle distance, and she's, like, undressed from the top down. Oh, okay. Well, that was quick. <laughs> but 
it, it says that there's no pornography in this film, but it is still bad in a different way. And I was like, eh, it's not that bad. But like I said, um, Tom Savini, uh, he is a magician at Practical Effects. He used a lot of the ideas for this film from his time in Vietnam. He saw a lot of wild shit over there. And he's like, oh, I saw a dude look like this. I'm like, I can do that real quick. And he's like, yeah, it, it fucked him up. But it fucked him up for the better. Because he became one of the coolest practical effects artists out there. Uh, but no, Tom Savini is awesome. And quick fun fact, in Day of the Land of the Dead, he pops up for like five seconds in it. He's still a zombie. And he's in his biker outfit in the, from this movie. And he like kills a human and looks right at the camera just a little bit. And you're like, hey, it's that guy. And then he, and he walks off. So I, I read in Wikipedia. And I can't find him like listed in IMDb, but that he appears. He's the machete wielding micro, my, uh, motorcycle raider in this movie in Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. Yeah. He's the, the main one. Uh, always like in the I think the sidecar. Uh, he's the cool one. All the other ones are assholes, but he's the cool bad guy. It's a lot of screen time in this, like more than I expected him to have. Yeah, <laughs> they, they named him Blades in um, <laughs> on MDV. Hell yeah, which that's is a pretty great name. That's a good pirate name. <laughs> Name's Blades. <laughs> Blades. So, uh, you can find this film. Uh, we found it on YouTube, just there. Somebody put it on, and no one has stopped to take it off. Um, I need an actual copy of this film because it's great, but. One day I'll do that. So this is question mark time after the first of the Living Dead film. So it is after night at some point. Romero said that it it is a sequel, but it's not connected. Nothing from the first film ties into it, but it is technically afterward. Um, George Romero said that the first film, there are way more humans and zombies in it. In this film, it is 50-50. And he says, like, this is the turning point of the war against the undead. If humans get their shit together, they could probably still be in charge. But we'll see what happens in Day of the Dead. It doesn't work. We lose. So uh, recently, dead human beings or people that just get bit, I guess they technically they die when they get bit. Uh, they are coming back and they are eating flesh. So at this point, people are quietly leaving their jobs and we meet up at a television studio in Philadelphia. All the zombies, they love Philadelphia in this world. And we meet up with Steven and his pregnant girlfriend, Fran. And Steven tells Fran that they are leaving very soon. He, he, they're stealing the station's helicopter and they're escaping because there's probably not much for them still in the city. Um, from the, what the zombie survival guide book, they say to cities, it's horrible and you probably shouldn't be in the city. It's, it's the worst thing to do because just zombies come out of the woodwork. I know, Bella. Zombies are scary, baby. So while that is happening, we meet up with SWAT team police officers. They're in some outfit. I a pretend militia. Yeah, I guess. Dudes with guns. They are at a low-income housing project usually called projects and they're there for a reason now they don't say it outwardly at first but from context clues and the scenes we see that they are actually not delivering their dead to the national guard and that is a no-no because in this world um hey he just died of natural causes we don't know lady so i'm gonna blow this body up so because those are just 
time bombs and you have a room full of dead bodies because you feel bad and you want to bury them later, then they start walking and they start biting. So the National Guard and the SWAT team, uh, they are here to stop these people from holding their zombies. <laughs> and so we meet up with Roger and many other people around him that die. Um, it's it's like a war scene where the, the main character is like, man, we're going to get through this. Just follow me, kid. And he's like, it's my first day in the war. And then they get exploded. And he's like, holy <laughs> shit. You know? It's, yeah, he gets his head blown. Yeah, he gets shot in the head, just like in um, <laughs> Saving Private Ryan. That's like yeah. really what I was thinking. Yeah, it just <laughs> it, it and Roger is just like holy shit. Uh, like I said earlier, one of the SWAT members uh, just goes cuckoo for cocoa puffs very fast and starts just shooting random people. Now the head that exploded. Fun fact for everybody out there: um, it's it's a black dude standing there, and his head just explodes spoilers for the people listening to this but peter he originally was going to die in the movie and his head was going to explode so they had a a model and then they were like no we're gonna change it and they're like well what do we do with this black guy's head and they're like i don't know blow it up earlier and so that's why some random black dude is just like hi my name is john and then it just explodes like holy shit so um they're actually it was awesome it's a really great effect oh yeah there's (laughs) one exploding pretty awesome yeah there's actually one ending where everybody goes down and um i forgot who i think fran she just walks into the helicopter blade um it's depressing there's some really depressing endings but anyway um roger meets up with peter another swat member he just is in the dark in the basement and so i guess there's different groups or squads that go in and all hell breaks loose on the inside. I don't understand how you stay with your, your squad while you're in there. Because zombies are coming out of rooms, biting their family members. They're like, hey, Katie, I haven't seen you in a while. Hey, why are you so, like, white? And, uh, and people get bit. And so everyone's getting shot. And they're trying their best to keep everything under control. Now, there's one scene where the SWAT members are like, hey, why is this door, like, barred in? Maybe there's people in there. I don't understand how you don't just listen to the other side of the door and be like, man, there's a lot of people moaning back there. Huh. Let's not open this. But anyway, uh, it takes one butt of the gun against the, the door and zombies like, hey, there they are. And billions of hands come through. And now the zombies are in this project. And now everybody's running for their lives because guns are cool, but they're not cool when there's like 40 zombies walking straight at you. It's, it's the worst part. So Peter and Roger, they decide to stay together because that's what you do. Uh, they're really good at shooting and stuff. And so, hey, I got a buddy named Steven, and he is leaving the city. So you should come with me because it's pretty cool. So they head off. And so Steven, Fran, Peter, and Roger head off in the stolen helicopter, and they leave Philadelphia. Wait, wait. So they have, there's a guy there who asked him for a cigarette. <laughs> He's like kind of cross-eyed. He's like, does anybody got a cigarette? What do you think that's supposed to like symbolize there? Like that they were unable to, like they didn't want to help anybody else. Like uh, they didn't want to lend anything other than what they had. Yeah. Now that you, you bring it up, it, it absolutely feels like a, at this point, cause they were being nice to each other and actually talking. They were being, uh, what amiable, I guess that's the word. And Affable, maybe. yeah, <laughs> to a point, but it's like, yeah, man, uh, I think we're going to head over here. He's like, well, we're heading to an island. Like, which which island? He's like, oh, no, one of them. And he's like, where are you guys going? Straight up. And he's like, ho, ho, ho. And he asks for a cigarette. And they're like, nope, don't got one. And everybody says no. 
And then, yeah, like Joey says, like, what, three of them pulls out cigarettes right after? Like, I'm not giving that guy my cigarettes. Like, fuck you, dude. I think it's just the beginnings of people realizing if you're not in my group, you are not important. Um, Quick aside, in the Left 4 Dead games, there is a DLC level where the original group, they um, they actually meet up with the, the group from the second game. But you learn that the old guy in the group, which is actually he was based off the Night of Living Dead world. But he tells the the youngest girl in the group that you three are my family now. Anybody else, I do not care about them. So if something happens, I'm looking for you three and we are leaving. There's a spot where they're on a train and they're leaving and people are trying to catch up and the special zombies are snatching them up. He could easily try to help them out and get more people in his group. But he's like, you guys are my family. I don't care about anybody else. And the girl says, that's so cold. He's like, it's a cold world, man. It's like, <laughs> I don't I don't give a shit about anybody else. So I, I think that's just the beginnings of that, where people are like, I don't, I don't care. I'm not giving you stuff. <laughs> so as they head off, they have to stop for fuel. And um, fun fact, the second album from the Gorillas, it's the, actually the first song, the first track. They actually use some of the music cues from here. I believe it's a bass clarinet it's like that it's one of the scenes around here and uh around the part i think where the zombie gets their head cut off uh they pulled from this movie so like i said there are artists out there that make songs uh my chemical romance actually did a song based off of the dawn of the dead it's uh oh man something about the day I think it's the mall's name or the city where the mall is in. But My Chemical Romance made a song based off of a location in Dawn of the Dead. Like I said, uh, this is really popular movie. So uh, a lot of things happen while they are at uh, the refuel station. Uh, everybody deals with a zombie in different ways. We see Steven trying to be just a Captain Cool guy and shoot his gun. And he's shooting directly at other people. Just being sloppy, but he's a person that's not that good with guns. And for some ungodly reason, uh, two little zombie kids run out. Uh, they're actually the nephew and niece of Tom Savini. Um, so Romero tells everybody, um, someone asked him about the directions he gives to people that are zombies. And he doesn't give them directions because if you tell people to do something specific as a zombie, they do it too much and they don't feel random in a zombie so he says do whatever you want so that's why certain zombies move a little faster than other ones uh in the first night of living dead the first zombie you see that's chasing down uh barbara he's like kind of running kind of and he never said like hey don't do that that's not how zombies work but he's like ah, i don't care he's a weird zombie I'm, maybe i'm the first zombie i'm the first zombie. i can do whatever i want yeah yeah there's no rules to this yet <laughs> so that's why the rules right now yeah that's why the two kids run out and they just like absolutely just swarm peter and he's like get off me little kid uh it's just i don't know they're weird they're kid zombies they can run i guess (laughs) so uh he unfortunately kills not unfortunately fortunately uh he kills two little kid zombies and gets help from roger taking out another one because steven just cannot hit this zombie even though he has a rifle from a minecraft perspective the baby zombies are the worst ones so yeah i you know peter (laughs) is good on that (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> so they 
continue their journey toward question mark. They don't know where they're going. So they actually see a mall. And they're like, wait, this this might be a good spot for at least food and water, and they can rest here, and then maybe we can head out and find something else. So as Peter and Roger actually check out the location, they say like, man, there's not that many zombies in here, really. And if we lock it down and maybe bring some like 18-wheelers and block off the entrances, we could live here. And you could just see the wheels turning in their heads. And they have this really cool plan where they keep one person distracting the zombies behind glass, old 23 skidoo, and then the other guy grabs things and drags it around. And they actually get all the zombies out and they lock the area down, unfortunately, as they are blocking the entrances with trucks. Um, Roger, he gets bit. Now, Roger at this point has started to get more and more mean about how he kills before it was just about survival it's like the zombies in my way there's food over there there's safety now he's like i gotta kill them all and he's starting to lose it and so this is what i was saying before about levels and how much people can take uh roger unfortunately he hit his level and he gets bit now peter doesn't kill him instantly still they don't really know how this virus works 100 percent and they drag him back in. So they clear the interior and they actually build a fake wall to the, I guess, office spot of the small upstairs. And so they live like kings in the small. It's just them four having fun. And it's funny, there's a gun shop in the small. I don't think I've ever seen a mall with a gun shop in it <laughs> with ammo. In Texas, they have that. Yeah, like it, like that would be the place, but... This is close to Philadelphia. It was weird, but it's you need it. So they load up with guns and bullets and food, and they live great. Unfortunately, little by little, we see that Roger, um, he stops being able to walk. And so they wheel him around a lot of the time, and he's still doing pretty good. But then the sweats happen. And in zombie movies, when you get bit, there's a point where you just get really drippy and clammy. And you're like, hey. And then he he tells he tells his buddies he's like like Peter if I get to that point please I I don't want to be like them I really don't want to so unfortunately he he dies and I was like damn it Roger you're the best <laughs> but they bury his body in the mall uh sometime later because uh, they drag a TV and a radio upstairs with them. Uh, the broadcasts stop. So, like I said, Romero said this movie started at 50-50. Of, I assume they're in this mall for, what, a couple of months, maybe? Uh, it gets to the point where the zombies are starting to win. Or at least the electronics. Uh, people don't have enough time to get on a camera and say, Hey, it's going good, guys. Uh, zombie. Uh, that's not important anymore. So... Uh, we start to see that relationships starting to break down. Uh, this shit ain't fun anymore. I forgot what movie that's from or a show. Someone's like, man, this shit ain't fun anymore. <laughs> Someone's like, I'm scared now. It starts to not be cool to be in the small. And so they start loading supplies to the helicopter just in case. And that's, they're really smart about this. Now, Fran, she pulls another smart person idea 
And she asked Steven to teach her how to fly just in case something happens. And he's like, oh, my leg is messed up. Now you can fly. Unfortunately, actually, I don't think it was because of the flight. I think they would have still found them, honestly, because they would have saw the trucks blocking the entrances. They're like, why is that like that? Fuck it. Let's go in there and see what's in there. It would have happened either way. But a biker gang, a nomad biker gang finds them. Fun fact, uh, all the bikers, they're actually from a legit biker gang. <laughs> uh, that's how they cut costs. They're like, hey, biker gang, you want to be in this movie? Like, fuck yeah, man. <laughs> uh, just act stupid and have crazy hats on and throw pies at zombies. We can do that. <laughs> and that's that's why it gets so silly right here. Um <laughs> throwing pies at zombies so freaking Yeah, it's seltzer. Like, yeah, take that zombie. So it's funny. The the gang, they have one person that seems to be the, the, the talker of the group. And he gets on the radio and is like, Hi, um, is there somebody in this mall? I just we just want to talk. We need help. <laughs> uh there's only like three of us. Help us, please. And they're like, ah, we're gonna kill you. Like, shut up, man. Shut up, shut up. You know, doesn't turn off the mic, just kind of moves it. Shut up, shut up. I'm trying to lie. Come on. And so they're like, Hey, you should just let us in. We can talk about stuff and things, you know? We don't have guns. We got all the guns. Shut up, you know? I'm, tr- I'm trying to trick them. Shut up. So um, they don't answer back. And then the, t- the talker's like, I mean, we're going to get in there either way. So, you know, have fun. <laughs> um, it's it's funny. They are mobilized, but they're idiots. And they still get in. But against zombies, the plan, what Roger and Peter and all them did, yeah, you keep zombies out. But a human? Oh, shit, man, we can move this out the way. This is glass, blah, blah, we don't care, we're in. So the biker gang, they get in. and I was going to say, there's another reference to that, because uh, they say, oh, it's like safety glass. It's basically indestructible. And uh, there's <laughs> not, I don't think they mentioned it in the movie, but in the book for World War Z, that gets mentioned. And like, one oh, of the things cool. is, it's like a lot of the stories are like the cleanup that happens after uh one of the the people that was being interviewed was saying yeah if they had just stayed in their cars they would have been fine because the glass is safety glass and they would have you know it's basically indestructible and had they just stayed in their cars they would have been fine wow (laughs) oh yeah it's a lot of decisions cause people to get messed up in zombie films they're like oh there's zombies outside let's go outside and run away from them or we can just stay inside and just i put a sheet over us and we just don't move and we'll be good like I said, people want to be cool. So the the biker gang, they get inside, and boy, howdy, they're not afraid of these zombies. I assume they have killed hundreds of zombies as a just a big group. Um, they're throwing pies in zombies' faces. Romero really wanted a pie in his movie, so he got it. Shooting seltzer. Uh, I don't think they do a low bridge to a zombie. I, I can't remember if they do or not. Like, someone gets behind a zombie and they push him. I don't think that happens. I'm trying to remember, but a lot of absurdity happens in this spot, and just like Joey said, uh, we see Sex Machine, a.k.a. Blades. And he, I don't know if he's the leader, but he seems like a higher up. And they're just breaking stuff. They don't care about keeping stuff nice and clean. And they instantly go toward the money, which probably means nothing in this world. Uh, they're grabbing watches, TVs. And they're like, why are you grabbing a TV? And the guy's like, oh, you're right. Breaks the TV and it breaks more. He's like, why am I grabbing the TV? That's stupid. Um, they're destructive. But they're nomadic, so they'll have fun, then grab what they need, and then leave the next day, probably. So, Steven. I didn't think Steven would be the one, but Steven this whole movie has been trying to trying to be a cool kid. He gets pissed 
because they did so much work in this mall. They built this mall up. This is their home. And Steven's like, fuck it. I'm fighting for what is ours. Even though earlier in the movie, uh, Peter, he says that we're thieves too. We're, we're bad people too. We're stealing stuff this whole time. We're just polite about it, you know? Um, but yeah, uh, Steven shoots one of the biker gang members. And as they're like looting and stuff, they're like, what the fuck? Was that a bullet? And they're like, Ugh. and so they all pull out their guns and blades and other people are like, Hey, he's up there. Let's get him. And so at this point, it's like 30 against two. And Peter is like, God damn it. I didn't want to fight. I was just going to sit here quietly till they left. But now, fuck it. They're shooting at us. And so now we have a fight and it's almost a war of attrition. But fortunately for Peter and Steven, there's still zombies around. And it's funny. Uh, it's I don't think. King of the Hill took the scene from this movie, but it makes me always think about King of the Hill. This guy sits down at a blood pressure machine and thinks about putting his arm in it. And the guy's like, what are you doing, man? He's like, I don't know. I just want to get my blood pressure checked. And then later, he puts his arm in the bad boy and gets stuck as checking his blood pressure and zombies are like, hey, get him. And he's like, I'm like, you idiot. Why'd you do that? Um, Yeah, when when the guys from King of the Hill are stuck in the... Yeah, when they're in the Megalomart. The best part is when the blood pressure cuff releases and it's just his fucking arm. His arm's hanging there. Like, they pulled his body from his arm. (laughs) And then the, like, machine goes, doodle-doo, done. And then it, like, releases the cuff and his arm is just, like, hanging there. (laughs) That's so funny. It's so funny to think about, like, going into the mall and seeing one of those machines and being like, I want someone to die in one of those. <laughs> right. That's a that's a death machine right there. Uh, but like I said, it reminds me of the King of the Hill episode where, uh, not Dale, uh, I forgot who put their arm in it, but then they see Chuck Mangione walking up to him from the darkness and the blood pressure starts going up. <laughs> he starts screaming, but he's stuck like an idiot. He put his arm in there. That was the that was the episode that they find out that he's that Chuck Mangione's just been living in the Megalomart. <laughs> he goes to different. That's malls. my all time favorite <laughs> King of the Hill episode. It's so good. It's 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 one of the best like horror episodes they do. His like house is just behind the toilet paper. Yeah, know, like he, a whole cave back there because it, it's it's so soft. So he lives in the toilet paper aisle, and then he yeah. jumps out and gets food and comes back. I uh, love that episode because they play that one song. Oh, yeah, feel so me, good. They play feel so good like four times in that episode. Yeah. <laughs> so good. There's like a special scary version of it when they're stuck in there. It's like, bum, bum, it's like in minor. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, shit, that's cool. It's so good. Anyway, watch King of the Hill. There's some really good episodes. So, unfortunately, uh, Steven, like I said, he's trying to be a cool kid. He's like above the elevator. Like I said, everything Steven's doing, he's probably seen from an action movie. He's like, oh, I can do that. So he's above an elevator in the shaft. And gets shot by some of the guys. They're like, hey, he's up there. And they shoot him. And he stays quiet. I'm proud of him for being like silent about it. So they're like, I don't know if I got him or not. Ah, fuck it. Let's go. And they they leave. And so he's in the elevator. And unfortunately, zombies get him. Because the biker gang, they open the doors. And all the zombies are like, hey, we can go in now. I can buy those shoes I really wanted. You know? And it's all falling apart. Steven, he becomes a zombie. And... Romero brings up the fact, and that's why this fact gets built upon in the later movies, that 
Some zombies are idiots and they just want to eat. Some zombies still have some of their brain power and those are the ones that grab weapons. So in the first movie, that first zombie that was running, he was weird anyway, but he picks up a rock and breaks the car window to get to Barbara. Now in this movie, we see multiple zombies grabbing things. They're not using them yet, but they're grabbing things. Unfortunately, zombie Steven remembers that there's a safe room and there's people. So he starts heading toward the safe room and he leads the group of zombies to Fran and Peter. So Peter, he helps fight off some zombies and Fran escapes to the roof. So now Peter, he doesn't want to leave and he has accepted his fate at this point. And he's thinking about killing himself because he's like, I don't really want to get torn apart because I I think that's going to hurt. You know, (laughs) I I feel you, Peter. I'm like, I really don't want to get bit like a billion times. That seems like it sucks ass. So when the zombies bust in, he thinks about it for a second. He's like, wait, I don't want to die. This is stupid. And then fights his way to the helicopter. And so Fran and Peter escape. They're low on fuel and uh, at least they have supplies. I, I'm curious how many bullets, but eh, it don't matter. Movies, people just get bullets somewhere. And they head off toward a big old question mark, just like when they got to the mall. Yeah. So, Emma, who was your favorite character or thing in Dawn of the Dead? Uh... I liked Peter and the practical effects. I was so happy that all those effects were not poopy CGI cartoonized things that would never grow with the movie. So I was rather impressed with that. And I just, I enjoyed Peter. So Micah. Uh, I think my favorite moment was the uh, helicopter when they're refueling it the first time. And uh, the zombie just like, He's he's sitting there just refueling, just like da 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 da, you know. I'm just like oh, I'm filling up my hel- filling up my helicopter, and the zombie comes up behind him and just like steps up into the helicopter blade and gets his head cut off. He's like, oh, well, that was convenient, and then just keeps refueling the helicopter. <laughs> uh, Joey, um, my favorite thing in this movie is the zombies for sure. Tons of zombies full display uh, and they all have different shapes sizes and looks um it was truly a diverse subsection of america all concentrated on a single location um i really like how each of them looked like kind of ordinary um but they all look like they're just like suddenly become zombies they were just kind of out there living their lives hardly any of them had like tattered clothes or ripped clothes or anything like that so it was all like um it was all like they just kind of like woke up one day as zombies and they weren't even any like really there was a couple like kind of gross ones but there weren't that many there weren't like any super zombies or anything they were just like regular old you know shambling corpses essentially uh so i i I thought that was really great um i feel like the movie does such a good job of like reframing the terror from the zombies to just like the day and day day day-to-day struggle to survive the the reason our characters die is because they take unnecessary risks and put themselves in harm's way and yep. the zombies become a fact of life or one that can be mitigated, but it's the character's own boredom and recklessness that drives them to their deaths. The zombies are just a representation of the inevitable. Yep. <laughs> and like, and, and the zombies are also uh, literally mindless consumers. They're in the shopping mall, of course, and they wander through the halls of their former lives, never even realizing why they do what they do. Uh, I, I think that's so ironic that the mall is this haven of modern convenience 
but neither the zombies nor the people of the real world who go to malls can find anything deeper inside of them. Katie. Uh, my favorite character was Peter uh, yeah. in this movie. He was the only one, not the only one, I guess, but he kept his like goals in mind the entire movie. He was never distracted by like, oh, well, I'm pregnant or, oh, my girl's pregnant and I definitely want to get it in. And, <laughs> you know, he was never thinking like his friend uh, was the other Roger. Yeah. That is the military guy. He, you know, that guy is always very much like, okay, well, this little thing, like he was so focused. He kept focusing on a bunch of other things to get, I guess, to keep himself distracted, which is good. But Peter, like, always had his head on right and never let what was happening to the world and to everything, like, affect him in a way that he just went crazy and, like, you know shot up a bunch of people or hurt his friends or anything like that yeah peter was great and yeah it was great seeing him again having another uh black male protagonist in this series it's fucking fantastic it was so interesting seeing like roger like pick him out of the lineup right he's like oh i have this escape plan or whatever and he notices peter he notices how like pragmatic he is and how he's able to like kill all these zombies without like hesitating He's like, I need this guy on my team. I need this guy with me. You know, even though they didn't know each other, it's like, what do you think about running away? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, I think I could run away. Like, hell yeah, let's do it. (laughs) Um, uh, Honorable mention, the zombies, Uh, especially in Romero films. I love this, the, the fact that, and I think like Micah, he always brings it up and Joey brought it up. It's just people get used to zombies. And that is such a terrifying idea that like, Hey, watch out when you go outside, man. There's a lot of zombies out there. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go the back way. I'm going to put a bag on my head so they don't see I'm a human. You know, it's just you get used to it. And that's horrifying that, like, if they scratch you, if they touch you enough and make your skin open, you will be one of them. And you just have to be careful. But I don't get why people go out outside in, like, booty shorts and tank tops. and like, I'll be fine. And they get scratched. I'm like, I'm a zombie now. I'm like, it's, I don't know. I wouldn't be in a suit of armor. But that's I sure would that's be. why I like I like when they did that on Train to Busan when they yeah. started getting like the magazines and stuff and, and duct taping them around their wrists and their yeah, and man. their uh their shins and stuff like that. Yeah, make some armor, man. Like you gotta stay safe. But uh I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about Peter and Roger and their their relationship with each other. Um at first they were both cool as cucumbers, you know. We saw Roger deal with his like, you know, Vietnam moment and he's like damn that's a lot i'm good i'm good and we see peter just kill all these zombies and he's like hey man they had to go because i don't want to get bit and then we see roger slowly break down he starts taking risks and and laughing and being a little too i don't like a daredevil it it, this this was like a thrill for him especially when they were getting the cars ready and he's like you know cheering and yelling and stuff instead of checking around looking around to make sure he's not gonna get bit um i don't know why when you like hotwire a car you have to keep the door open behind you like it's like a prerequisite in life like you have to have the door open i don't get it and that that's how you get jumped you know somebody bites you and stuff but um i love their relationship when roger left and i think he left a little too soon but they had to bring up the fact that uh, this mall ain't fun anymore. When one of the group dies, it's like, man, what do we do now? Like, 
I think it brought him back down to reality. So Roger needed to die, but I wish they gave him a little bit more time to be around, but I get it. But I love their relationship with each other. It was pretty cool. So, Emma, who was your least favorite character or least favorite thing about this movie? Uh, Wooly and the opening 25 minutes of this movie are my least favorite. Wooly is a racist piece of garbage. And the words that came out of his mouth made me want to jump into the movie and turn his gun on himself. So that was just unacceptable language and made me angry. So immediately I was like, well, look at that. Now I don't have to find a bad character for the rest of the movie. <laughs> Check that one off the list. Exactly. Right, this worked out. <laughs> like it. Uh, least favorite characters would be all the talking heads on the broadcasts because they were all just yelling at the scientists. They just brought the scientists out so that they could yell and be little and, and scream at them and hoo-ha. And, you know, it's like the, the scientist, the gotta love the hoo-ha, the The scientist and the the second and basic, like the second extended and the final broadcast that they do, um, for some reason he was missing an eye and I, I, I don't know why, but because uh, he's cool. <laughs> Doesn't make him a very good scientist. If he's if you if you're so good at science, where where's your other eye? Yeah, where's your yeah. other eye, bro? <laughs> no, but he didn't have goggles like, fucking oh, around. <laughs> you gotta you gotta use logic. You gotta think about this. He's like oh, people don't use logic. That's not the way humans think. What do you what do you mean <laughs> logic? You're you're out here saying a scientist, all the scientists always say logic, 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 but you don't humans don't think that and it's like I mean fair. But (laughs) (laughs) yeah, so the talking heads were my least favorite. Joey, least favorite character is definitely Steven. Uh, The truth is that he grew on me uh, as the movie went on. But unlike in Night of the Living Dead, our characters' differences are ultimately pretty much resolved. Uh, Steven's idiocy and impulsiveness are smoothed over by the talents of the other people in the group. Uh, But let's just highlight few things that Stephen does wrong. Um, there seems to be no coherence about what the plan is. He happens to be able to fly a helicopter, but when it comes to killing zombies, he's basically useless. He nearly shoots Peter without a second thought because he, there was a zombie standing in front of him. Um, then, then he leaves his pregnant partner alone in a mall full of, full of zombies, effectively leading them back to her. Um, yep. Uh, despite the many, many ricochets he hears, he just tries to shoot one zombie like 10 times, putting himself in mortal danger. He's like, he's like darting his eyes around like, oh, no, where's that bullet going? It's like, you're not going to be able to dodge it, Steven. You're about to shoot yourself. <laughs> I, I, I thought he was going to die for sure. Then um, he gets pissed when Francine actually starts, says like, oh, I want to be involved. You know, like, hey, guys, there's four people here. My opinion matters. He like gets so pissed off. Like, come on, man. What a, what a simpleton. The thing that bothers me most of all, though, is when Roger and Peter are moving the trucks like in front of the mall and Stephen is just flying the helicopter, wasting fuel and not helping. He's he's supposed to be like keeping a lookout or something, but he has where's his dang walkie talkie. They, <laughs> they had walkie talkies and he doesn't even have one. He's just like, oh, wa- watch out, Roger. Oh, watch out, Roger. And, um, you know, obviously Roger gets bit. So it's uh, completely useless. He's trying to use the helicopter to like gesture. It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't make any sense. Um, yeah, so I, I, I hate him for that reason. Plus, uh, he's the whole reason why the mall gets compromised. And uh, what was the other thing? Oh, yeah, he fell asleep flying the helicopter. 
<laughs> so anyway, Stephen, eat shit in hell. I'm glad you guys zombified. <laughs> yep, yep. So Joey hit all just about every mark I was gonna say. I've said it when I was explaining this story. I kept saying that he wanted to be a cool kid. Uh he saw a lot of action movies and he was like, Hey man. Uh, I read that book. Uh, it's not called Die Hard. The actual book has another name. He's like, I read that book. I could, I could hop off something and fly back into a, a you know, a high rise. I can do that. It just, he had a job. He flew the helicopter, and that was it. And he's like, damn, I gotta do more. These dudes are cool, and he's just a liability. We say it all the time when characters are just fucking liabilities in movies. But like I always say. That's how horror movies continue. You have to have an idiot in your group. Everybody can't be smart. Well, I guess they could just introduce the really bad thing with all the smart people, and then they have to deal with it. But things go faster when you have an idiot in your group, you know? Well, uh, it's so nice like seeing him like rushing into the mall, being a total fool, and then Peter's just like, oh, I can solve this problem right now. You know, he doesn't even like really berate him. He's just yeah. like, hey, like uh steven uh, what are you doing here <laughs> and like um I, I i really liked that it was such a change of pace i think because i expected steven to die like six or seven times up to that point for being yeah. just an idiot and then seeing how the other talents of the, like peter and like the other competent people in the group actually like like support him and like c- cover over for his mistakes uh i think does a lot i i think that comes with just like family it's like you always got to fuck up in the group. And they're like, oh, here comes Steven. He's going to do something stupid. Just make sure you're ready, you know? And it's like, Steven's like, I can help guys. Like, oh, damn it. He's coming over here. Like, uh, watch out. Like I said, he was a liability straight up from the beginning. And he never got better. Uh, like, he was trying to be cool in the elevator shaft. And he took a bullet. And he's like, ow, <laughs> this fucking hurts. Uh, it just never gets better for him. But zombie film, man, it just shit does not get better in zombie films. It just gets worse. Uh, my least favorite thing about this film was racist, crazy military guy. <laughs> uh, that's what I wrote in my notes. I didn't bother looking up his name because he doesn't fucking deserve one. And the first, like I already said, the beginning of this fucking movie did not need to be there. And it was just an excuse for that one guy to just rattle off as many racial slurs as he fucking could. And like, Why? This had nothing to do with anything that came after it. It was not important to the plot. It was just like, fuck it. I want to be racist for 10 minutes. Like, let's do it. It's so it's it's funny. I always say that horror movies, they usually have two villains to them. And there's a low level villain, which sometimes is worse than the big bad of the movie. The big bad of this movie, it, it, it's the zombies. They, they really are. But they're not that bad. So you always got to have humans and, you know, uh, we have a human that has uh, just, uh, you know, eight by five fucking like card of just slurs. He's like, wait, who's in this project? Oh, oh, uh, oh, okay. Uh, black people and, and Mexican people. Okay, cool, 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 cool. I can say these four things. I'm ready to go. It's just the second he was spouting out just terrible things. I was like, he's going to die. And I'm like, I can't wait. You know, um, Especially bad people like this. This early in the movie? This was the first, like, ten minutes he was, like, spouting out racist stuff. I'm like, oh, he's not making it another three minutes in this movie. And then he gets shot. And I was like, hooray. It's just it's just another look at how people are. Uh, heaven forbid we get zombies. Though I think certain states would be absolutely fine. But um, 
there'd be a lot of crazy people that are heroes with guns, but then they would start to crack and then they would just shoot anybody. Um, it's tough. It's tough with guns, man. Cause people, like I said, people like to be Steven with guns and then they're like, Oh shit. <laughs> it's, it's yeah. It's too many people that want to be, be heroes and they they're Stevens in this world. So it's, it's scary stuff. So let's do seven word synopsis says I have two of them. So my first one is, Social commentary in a horror movie? Scandalous. <laughs> um, I always say uh, in the mid-2000s, we got this new genre of horror movie where it's like, oh, this is a vampire film. Oh, but it's really about gentrification. Turn up. That's cool. You know, it's that kind of thing. Um, it's fun to see horror movies, especially in the 70s, because we were getting like, uh, what, the hills have eyes, which did kind of have meaning Cause it's like how far a family gets pushed, a nice group gets pushed to be, to do bad things, how much it takes, you know, to survive. But yeah, usually movies don't really point out like poignant things like that. But Romero, he's like, I'm, I'm going to talk about racism for a little bit, you know, uh, with the zombies around. So my second one is first 10 minutes are raw and visceral. Um, I'm telling you, I, I honestly forgot about the first part of this when I was a kid, but when I watched it again, when that dude's head gets exploded by the shotgun, I was like, oh shit, that is in this movie. Fuck, man, this is bad. Um, just just innocent people getting killed. And I was like, damn, this is terrible. But people against people, they're really bad, man. It's like wartime, man. People do war crimes and stuff. I'm like, oh, that's not good. Just people are shitty. So this movie showed terrible people trying to be the heroes, I guess. Yeah, they were trying to be the heroes, but a few of them were just not good people. Katie. I have so many. <laughs> I bet you would. <laughs> okay, I wrote seven of them. Mm. I'm telling you. Wow. I had a, That's this, 49 words. This <laughs> movie went on for so long. Two and a half hours worth of material, okay? I'm, I'm happy this movie stimulated your mind and got you thinking. Yeah, not in a way that you want, though. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so right off the bat, we're like 30 seconds into this movie. Okay. First zombie was playing Is It Cake. <laughs> the very first zombie that gets killed looks just like a shitty ass cake. Like they built a cake that looked like a person and then they shot it and it was cake. <laughs> Okay. Is it my, cake? Yes. Is it cake? <laughs> yes. Okay. My second one also has to do with that beginning part of the film. Want to make an impact? Just add slurs. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. What was oh. that? It, it does get you thinking. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And then the rest have to do with the actual story that is important to this movie. Okay. My third one. Roger was a liability. Then he died. Roger was, he tried to be like the cool guy hero and he just kept making some fucking wild ass mistakes. And then my fourth one, finding walkie talkies should have been higher priority. They got into that mall and spent literal weeks before they went and found fucking walkie talkies so they could communicate. What? Hey, there were coats to be grabbed and TVs to be pushed. Wild. Okay. <laughs> Number five. Peter's hairline said, fuck this, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> I 
as this movie so goes on, that his hairline best, best stressful situation ever. <laughs> his hairline recedes like an inch and a half. That's what mine said after two kids. <laughs> it is wild. Uh, and then number six, sex machine and mob mentality ruin everything. Yeah. Well, that's they woke up that day say we're gonna fuck something. Yeah, up. fuck it. <laughs> fuck survival, looting. I like, mean, they are, they, they're surviving, just being really destructive about Wild. it. Wild. Okay, and then my last one has to do with the near end of this film. Circus music removes viewer from horror. Ruined. Now, I know Otis mentioned something about, like, Robot Chicken and Monty Python. And sure, what? that's great. Like, let's make lots of, like, nods to this movie because it's so great. But putting it in there at all made the fucking mall scene when the other group of um humans come in to like mob like mob rule everything and just murder everybody made it feel like you should just be playing yakety sex like what the fuck are we doing this it it took it from like serious like holy shit there's zombies and everyone's gonna die to just like ha 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 this is so fun and like fucking why that's not it ruined it it took me out and i was just like upset for like five minutes while it was playing what it was it was the music not the pies that did it for you oh no that added to it the, the pie was also horrible the it would definitely it added to the circus feel but there was no need for actual circus music to convey yeah, yeah. like the frenzy that was happening all right joey what do you got okay i, I got three let's go shopping this time with zombies yeah this one's not quite an alliteration nor is it really accurate but i liked it too much to not say it so zooming through zales zapping zombies on zambonis heck yeah yeah <laughs> um and finally this mall's great i could live here that's the fucking truth <laughs> Man, this place is nice <laughs> micah all right first one's a question what kind of chopper doesn't have radio <laughs> Great question, especially a news chopper. Yeah, holy exactly. shit! <laughs> Are you on location? Hello, anybody there? No, no. no, no. <laughs> all right. Uh, next one is those rednecks are probably enjoying all this. That yeah. random scene of all the rednecks here <laughs> and shooting zombies. And, oh man, that was that was like like I said, there were so many moments in this movie that were just like. Yeah, that's 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 probably how that would happen. Yeah, all right. But my freedom to shoot zombies. That's right. States rights to shoot zombies. And then the last one is kind of like a summary or uh, is it? Yeah, <laughs> of what the scientists were saying. He kind of said something along the lines of "brains are dead, idiots are still alive." <laughs> you don't know what it, these things are either their brains are dead so or it's just all the idiots are still alive we don't know that's really funny <laughs> all right okay i have 70s hair makes everything more dramatic somehow yeah and then every single broadcast sounds like covid broadcasts <laughs> yikes <laughs> uh monty python soundtrack made its own appearance yeah damn right mm -hmm. uh i would like some backstory at least and i wrote that before i realized 
at the beginning of this recording that there was a movie before this because I was like, wow, fucking jump right in there with no context. Cool. Yeah. They didn't have time. They were like, we got to go. Well, <laughs> even yeah. if you watch the first one, it wouldn't give you much context. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then I have a 14 word synopsis. Heck yeah. Find you someone who looks at you like that zombie looks at Roger's ass. <laughs> uh, and then my alliterative mean motorcycle morons muck up massive mainstay mall heck awesome. yeah well done. <laughs> well done that's really good <laughs> okay so uh this film released at, at different times in the world but it released in april 13th in the united states uh apparently in is that a friday 13th uh that's ooh, that's interesting i should actually look that up <laughs> um september 1st 1978 in italy march 27th 1979 in japan april 7th 1979 in dallas so i guess apparently dallas just got hot hot movie ticket and then april 13th everywhere else 1979 even though this film you know they go out and, yeah 79 it got released that is a friday That's yeah friday 13th. Hey. it's probably alamo draft house in dallas no uh that's right? No, that's actually in Austin. Uh, oh, Alamo never Draft mind. House, yeah. There's probably some fancy. Oh, like, yeah. It was the fancy United States premiere the week before. Yeah. So, Which tracks. What do you guys think the budget for this film was, Katie? Uh, I said one dollar do. Okay. Four million. Yeah. Joey? This is for budget, right? Yes, budget. I think it's $30 dues. $30 dues. Emma? I said ten dollar reduce. Ten dollar reduce and Micah. Twelve dollar reduce. Check out the big brain on Micah, popping right in the middle. But it doesn't matter because the budget was six hundred and forty dollar dinks. So uh, dollar dinks is hundreds of thousands. Yeah. Yep. That's very good, Katie. Called it. <laughs> so, extras that appeared in this film were reportedly given one dollar, a donut, and a Dawn of the Dead T-shirt. <laughs> hey, and they got a credit on IMDb because literally, absolutely. Un- well, yeah, uncredited. But yeah, 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 yeah. Dude, um, how much do you think one of those shirts is worth now? Oh, tons of money. Oh, jeez, that's that's absurd. Probably a good amount of money. So, like I said, at this point, even in 1978, or they probably filmed this a year before, maybe, but he had such a pull because they're like, I want to be in a zombie film. And it got to the point where he, people would just do it for free. They're like, hell yeah, I'll, I'll be there. You need me, what, for three days? Yeah, I'll walk around and, you know, take a fake bullet and fall over. That's nothing to me. So that's how he saved on money. <laughs> all right. Hey, go buy all the donuts at this donut shop. Okay. <laughs> You know, that'd still be what four hundred bucks, maybe. They made four dollars and fifty one cents. Hey, man, still pretty good. You get a lot of donuts with that. <laughs> In comparison, like today, with your four dollars and fifty one cents, you could buy like one gallon of gas. But with their one dollar, they could fill up their whole tank. In nineteen seventy nine. And get some more donuts. <laughs> and get more donuts. Probably a whole dozen more donuts <laughs> and a pack of cigarettes. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> Get some cigs to hide from somebody. That's hilarious. <laughs> okay. Now, with everybody's 
mind on how much the budget was, I need everybody to think about the box office. So, Katie, what do you think Dawn of the Dead made box office-wise? I'm going to say $50 dues. Okay. Joey? This is really hard because of the rating thing. So, I think it was only $20 dues. Twenty. Okay. Emma? I think it was $75 dues. Five. Micah. Fifty-seven dollar dues. Micah with like his Heinz ketchup bottle. Fifty-seven. Right. Just hopping in, hopping in. <laughs> so now this film, uh, after four weeks, it grossed five dollar dues in U- United States and Canada. But you got to remember, United States was one of the last stops of this film. Now he went. Uh, Romero had a uh, relationship with one Dario Argento, an Italian horror movie, uh, like oh no, expert. awesome, yeah, expert. Uh, we will do Suspiria one day, probably the original. Didn't we do a Dario Argento movie? Demons, the one yeah. in the movie theater where everybody turns into zombie kind yeah. of zombies things, and they get on the the motorcycle with the samurai sword. It's yep. great. So, so he, the only thing he wanted from this was to bring the movie to Italy. And that's why it popped there first. He, he wanted first rights with the movie dropping out. So it had many stops. So Italy, Japan, and then finally made it to America to, to the next year. So all in all, this film made $66 dues. Uh, a ton of money. But like I said, it it was worldwide. And uh, I think it's a in the- 10 time return. Yeah. Right? And I think even- Back then, yeah, like movies were worldwide then because in 1978 we got films like uh, Animal House, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Jaws 2, Saturday Night Fever. We got Star Wars Episode 4 A New Hope. So there were you know banger films that came out, but with the unrated rating for it, that probably actually got people wanting to watch it, honestly. Especially even back the day, there's movies that come out now. Uh, Terrifier. There's a third one coming out, and the director is not getting Hollywood funding because they keep telling him to turn it into a rated R film. He's like, "Nah, I really want to show people get like skinned in this movie." And they're like, "But we can't give you money if you do that." He's like, "It's fine. I'll, I'll just cr- source. I'll crowdfund and get my money, and then I can just show the movie the way I want." And they're like, "Okay." And they make tons of money back because people are like. That movie's crazy. Um, I'm telling you, Stephen King watched it. He's like, oh, that was a lot. And he watched the second one. He's like, damn, that was good. But that was a lot also. Um, yeah. If you can make Stephen King. Co- like, absolutely terrified to watch those movies. I don't know yep. if I could handle uh, Emma, it's a lot. I would say probably shouldn't. Okay. <laughs> Any movie that makes me put my hand to my mouth and say, oh, no, it's bad. It's bad. It's great. They're great movies, but it's. It's rough. I enjoyed it a lot, and I don't remember there being anything against children. No. So. It's all adults just get destroyed. Mutilated. They get destroyed in those movies. (laughs) Yeah. I'm telling you, like, scenes end, you think they end, and then the killer comes back with things, and it's like, ah, we're not done. Five more minutes of killing. I'm like, oh my god. It's, but they're great. They're great movies. (laughs) I'm telling you, I'm saying, it's the worst thing. You'll shit yourself. But it's good. It's, it's, it's good. <laughs> so, anyway, 
Minority kill count. Fuck, I should have thought about this before. Um, oh, man. Just the project up front. That's where all the minorities are. And yeah, a lot but, of them died. Yeah, um, so it's a house full of people. Do you count the zombies that are minorities as well? It's tough. Um, sometimes we don't because they're already gone. And we just count the people that were like, I'm normal. Oh, no, I died. And, and we people that, that like died that. during the events of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. So there were at least five that ran out of the door. I don't know why they ran toward the the guns, but they ran toward it and got killed. Uh, the one dude just standing there, just having a great day, and his head exploded. I think he was a normal. I don't think he was a zombie, the one that exploded. What about the kids who killed themselves? That's what I'm saying. It's, I'm down to just, I'm down to say 15. Okay. Because the biker gang had a, a, a pretty... Sizable number of people. Yeah. Um. I know blood pressure guy. I think he was white. And Tom Savini. Yeah. Blood pressure guy was like uh was Mexican. Was he? Yeah. So was Tom. I know somebody had a a sombrero on. I don't know if that was blood pressure guy. guy. Oh, (laughs) he sure did have a sombrero. That's how you got to show that someone's Hispanic. (laughs) (laughs) They're they're wearing a sombrero. (laughs) That's pretty awesome. (laughs) Nobody know. Nobody. If we're ever in a. If we're ever end up in a fucking zombie film, Bad situation. I'll be sure to wear my sombrero around yeah. so everyone's aware. Like, well, how about this? We just say twenty. Okay, that's a nice round number. And if anything, maybe one or two. But we do a lot of films that don't have any minorities yeah. in them. So twenty's fine. Twenty's fine. Out, yeah. yeah. So the new number is four hundred and thirty-eight in a Tito Turtle. And a house, and a project, and a plane <laughs> full of vampires oh and zombies. Oh my god! We, oh I, my the god. house is just full of more zombies. Yeah. Um, that was from uh, Day Shift, that yeah. Jamie Foxx film. Uh, there oh, were yeah. so many fucking vampires everywhere, and I was like, I don't want to count them. I'm just say a house full of them. It's it's yep. more. It's three hundred and four hundred thirty-eight plus. Like I'm not doing that. And and then and. and Willie's Wonderland, we had questions about what makes you human enough or minority enough. Is a robot that speaks Spanish, is that a minority? And then we sat and thought about it for a second. And so that's why we just, we added it to to the after the number, like a Tino Turtle. People that have seen it are saying Willie's Wonderland is way better than this Friday Night Five Nights at Freddy's movie. I disagree, and I don't give a fuck what everybody else has <laughs> to say. Dance. I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. not better. We have a Facebook thing. It's not better. It's just different. Yeah. It's it's two completely different movies, and you have to keep in mind that Five Nights at Freddy's is a movie specifically aimed at children. Yeah, just like Wu Tang. Yeah, Wu-Tang is for the kids, and so is Five Nights at Freddy's. And Willy's Wonderland is not for the kids. For Nicolas Cage fans. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> no, Willy's Wonderland is for adults who like Nicolas Cage. Man, that's such a good movie. Uh, okay, so um, does anybody have anything else to say about Dawn of the Dead from 1978 or 79 before we get out of here? I do have a question. What do we yes. classify zombies as? Are they chaotic neutral or are they chaotic evil? It depends on the type of zombies because some of them seem like they have a mission. Like World War Z, those they they have a mission. They're on a fucking mission to get to the humans. They want to 
like they dogpile and get to places because they're like, you're living and I got to bite you. Those are probably evil. These zombies, they're like neutral, man. They're just walking around. I think all zombies would be chaotic neutral uh, because the only goal of any zombie is to eat more humans. Like that is, that's the goal. That's the thing they're going after. Whether they have to run up a mountain of other zombies to get to more humans to eat them or whether they are just meandering through a fucking mall as slow as they can, the goal is always just to eat more people. There's no malicious intent. There's no like, oh, well, first I'm going to rape them and then I'm going to eat them. Like there's nothing like inherently evil about it necessarily. It's just they're programmed to eat meat and the goal is to find meat and eat them. It's the it's same as like a bear in the woods. Like you wouldn't call a bear evil, even though bears eat people. Like the goal is just to get fed, eat food. So I don't think zombies are necessarily evil as much as they are just chaotic neutral. I have one zombie that popped in my head from uh, House of the Dead. That guy, that guy was. Yeah, we did. We watched it. Oh, oh, never mind. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot what movie that was. That yeah. zombie was a mess, but he was trying to like he was an evil scientist that turned to a zombie. So, so that's that's tricky. Bad. Then okay, yes, that's the only the, evil one I can think of. The smart zombies. When we get into the territory of smart zombies, which I know you hate, Micah. Zombies. Yeah, <laughs> s- smart zombies have the ability to go between chaotic evil or chaotic good or whatever. Like uh. Nicholas Holt in Warm Bodies. He was chaotic good. Yeah. Right? Yes. I know you hate that movie. I, agree. I know I, agree. I know almost everybody hates that movie, but it's an example of a zombie that did not wasn't trying to hurt anybody. He was actually trying to do the opposite. He was trying really hard not to hurt people. He wants love. Kind of in the same vein that like modern vampires sometimes are eating like bags of blood that they get at the hospital and instead of eating fucking people like those people are they're chaotic because they're fucking reanimated dead people but they're good because they're not trying to murder people like yeah yeah nice question micah nice question uh this is a fun movie please uh watch the 1978 version and then the 2004 like i said it's one of Zack snyder's best movies i would say it's nice and quick and poppy and uh, another black character gets all the cool lines uh when ving rames when they're like hey why are you leaving aren't you gonna stay here and be friends with us and he turns around and looks at everybody and says fuck y'all and walks off that was <laughs> that was cool <laughs> stuff man he's like i don't give a shit about anybody here i'm out i'm by my brother uh that's cool stuff that's what you say <laughs> when you're a badass like fuck y'all <laughs> Oh, uh, so before we start the music, Joey, tell all the people, uh, you've been here long enough, uh, you need a title in Allentown. Uh, oh, that's okay. where, that's where we live and grow, so uh, you're going to get a job or something next time you come here. So <laughs> think about what job you want in Allentown. Okay, <laughs> I will I will consider that. Um, can I be, oh, can I be the, uh, um, the sandwich master? Sweet. I, I like, I, I, there's a... Um, in um <laughs> what's it called in um hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy the fifth book yeah uh, yeah uh, he he goes to another planet where it's 25 hours a day and he he teaches them he's like a he's like a blacksmith but he makes sandwiches that's like his yeah. job. So. so 
Uh, Micah, Micah, I want you to lift up that uh, pillow that you're currently holding. Oh, yeah. My it's a big baguette. <laughs> I thought that was. That's so funny. It was a gift for uh, Christmas because. Jimmy John's loaf uh, of bread. Oh, my gosh. I was a certified sandwich master. That's so funny. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's so. I, I'm actually like very curious about that because my we got this dog and he loves bread. He like will fight us to eat bread. So yeah. we we pressed him up as a baker. We got him a, for Halloween. We got him a little like dog toy. That's a piece of bread. So you know, <laughs> we're just like fully embracing it. So and as soon as I know. saw that, I'm like, is that bread? I think I remember. I just seeing things. <laughs> Wait, you want it to be bread that'll fight us to eat bread so i mean <laughs> how it works man <laughs> um so yeah i'm supposed to say something about affable chat yeah maybe um <laughs> affable chat is a weekly movie podcast hosted by myself and my co-host benjamin and we uh talk about movies um it's very similar to what you guys do here we have a format and uh we write stuff down and talk about it it's very fun and we had Otis and Katie on to do Get Out recently. Um, it, that episode hasn't been released yet, but it will be very soon. So um, very much looking forward to that, of course. And yeah, thank you guys for bringing me on again. It's always so much fun talking spooky movies with you guys. The door is always open. Uh, I, this is one of my goals when I started this. Well, when I started, I was just like, I wonder if I can do 31 movies. And get some friends to do it. I wonder if I can do that. And then I did it. And I was like, I want other people to hop on to this. That's why Emma and Micah popped in. And then I was like, I want guests from other shows to to, to help with this and just be cool. I'm not doing this for money. I'm not making money on this. But it'd be cool if it made money. But I just love talking about scary movies. And my next goal, we are at 334 movies. Uh, the next goal is 400 and then 500 and 600. And then hopefully the world is still around and <laughs> keep going to a thousand, a uh, thousand. That's fucking years from now. Uh, <laughs> but we'll see how long it takes to get to a thousand. But um, thank you so much, Joey. This is fun. And we will always, uh, anytime, we'll tell you the the months and all the, the genres that we're doing. But if you ever want to hop back on, just let us know. Absolutely. Of course. So with that, that is the end of this episode. If you have any other cool fun facts about, I don't know, racial slurs, uh, pirates, uh, biker gangs, uh, weird zombie kids that like to run, you can tweet all that shit to Katie at AllentownPod. We have an email at AllentownPresents at gmail.com. We have a Facebook app. AllentownPresents. So this was episode 334 in the pocket in the books out of sight. We have one more choice from my good friend Guido. And uh, it's foreign. It's a foreign horror movie. I believe it's Japanese. Um, I have not seen it, but it actually has a manga. Uh, I'm going to try to collect it. Apparently, it has tons of chapters. Oh my God, that's a lot of money. But we'll see how it goes. But uh, I'm really pumped about it. So uh, the music you're listening to right now, that is Flip and the Combined Effort, Flip and the CE, anywhere you can find them. Studio Fetus, thank you so much for the artwork. So, for Katie, my cat Bella somewhere that hopped on earlier, for Joey from Africa Chat, Micah, cute baby on the screen, Emma, thank you so much for listening, and we will be back next week with another scary film. Okay, bye guys. Bye. Bye. Oh, did you hear that? He called me the cute baby on the screen. Aw. <laughs> <laughs> 
that spooky. 